get that sick tea. Do you remember Big League Chew? Yes, I do. Jason Xanthopoulos, brother, uh, comma, brother, age, indeterminate. Uh, he loved Big League Chew when it yeah. first came out, and he would eat it. Um, and I, uh, that's what you do with yeah. it. Um, I didn't put it together because... I'm surprised that he wanted to eat it because uh, we don't watch baseball. Yeah. And that was the age where everyone was doing it, where everyone was chewing tobacco and in, in the... Right, in it's the big uh, It's a dugout called a dugout. Yeah, good for you. So that's a term. Um, I like the cartoon... grape-flavored <laughs> spittoon. The ridiculously cartoonified steroided men on yeah. the... Uh, oh, yeah. Not in a sexual way. It was, not in a sexual way. Uh, it was Jose Canseco, let's be honest. <laughs> But like a prescient Jose Canseco. Yeah. It was like, this is what Canseco will look like in the year 2008. Yeah. He'll uh, also write a book and it'll be disgusting. Hey, welcome to the Your Inner Child is an Idiot. This is the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. This is the podcast where we look back on things from our youth and decide if they're any good. My name's DJ. And my name is Damon. My name is Jose Canseco. <laughs> welcome. I always, whenever... Um, there's that episode of The Simpsons where they get ringers for the, the yeah. nuclear power plant team. Softball. Uh, I whenever I see Jose Canseco's name, I say it like Mr. Burns says, like whatever for whatever reason Harry Shearer hits this weird like staccato thing, and he goes, "And Jose Canseco." <laughs> he hits this weird, and every time I see it, I'm like, "Jose Canseco." <laughs> yeah, that's a good episode. Oh, it's a great awesome. episode, Daryl. Um, Daryl. single team. <laughs> uh, it's fun to reminisce about shows. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> this movie came out in 1994. So this we're going to do a couple of uh, different things right now because we're still in the year of the twin movie. Yeah. Uh, but we one thing is we already covered the twin movie of this movie. We talked about Rookie of the Year. Says you, but okay. Several episodes back. But... There was another movie called Angels in the Outfield that came out in the same year as this movie, a year 1941. after. 1941. Breaking of the year. 1994. There is an Angels in the Outfield from 1940-something. But that's not the one we're talking about, Damon. Both had Christopher Lloyd and a young <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Weird. He time-traveled. Um, so we're going to talk about, if we can remember Rookie of the Year, we'll compare them, but then we'll also <laughs> watch uh, Angels in the Outfield. So we'll kind of we'll cheat the system a little bit. Um, you know what? Uh, I think our own, it's our own system. Who the <laughs> fuck cares? We're not a government entity. <laughs> uh, my lover, um, he, uh, I believe he said funky butt loving the other day. Oh, wow. Not in any filthy context. Sure. But um, no, is it butt loving? Yeah, is funky that, butt loving. He said it and he's like, what's that from? Like, I can definitively tell you it's from Rookie of the Year. Yeah. But I think it was him or And was you said else. this podcast... Never taught you anything. <laughs> That's a good, good point. That's a good point. Uh, so this is the one with um, what's his name from West West Wing? Uh, West Timothy World. Timothy Busfield, the uh, redhead. Yeah, he's like the first baseman and mentor, and I think he like starts fucking the main character's mom at some point. Wait, that's Gary Busey in Rookie of the Year, no? Yeah, same character, essentially. Is there also an Angels in the Outfield cor- correlation? Tony Danza is in Angels in the Outfield. And Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Do it. Go ahead. I, you know You're what? Save no. It? I'm going to save it okay. for Angels in the Outfield. My dead on Danny Glover impression. Damon. That shall not be assailed verbally. 
or in any other way you would assail something. Um, we also got Jonathan Silverman in this. Ugh. This is. Uh, Didn't he have a show for a minute? Do you have a show? On NBC, like in the must-see TV era, which proved, once again, that must-see TV was a lie because no one saw it. It was him. Like a talk Ernest, show or like a sitcom? Uh, no, 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 a sitcom. Okay. Him, Ernest Borgnine. Whoa. Star power. <laughs> what was it called? It was something. Abe Vigoda. No. <laughs> I will not have you slander the name of Abe Vigoda. Sorry. Please look it up, please. The single guy. Yes. Am I right about Ernest Borgnine? Oh, probably. Yep. Who else was it? It was the doorman. Oh yeah, I you were the person. This. You and Jonathan Silverman's mother were the people who watched the single guy. Oh, holy shit! I do remember that. If I recall correctly, there's a twelve year old or whatever who his grandfather leaves him the team, mm-hmm. and so he becomes the owner of this team, and then he makes himself the manager for some reason, and so now he's managing and owning this team, the Twins, the Minnesota Twins. Thank you. And then hijinks ensue. Do you know the Minnesota Twins actually play in New Jersey? Is that true? Yeah. That's why they're called the New Jersey Lakers. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The old New Jersey garbage piles, they used to call them. (laughs) Now uh, they're the... Go on. Um, (laughs) Go on with your thing. I mean, that's that's it. I remember uh, little else. Uh, I, I think I loved this movie, but not... I didn't see it as many times as Rookie of the Year. Was it? Okay. Did you actually love this movie, or was that? Is it that thing like when you're a kid that you just have a memory of it, so you associate love with no, it? No, see, here's the thing: I wanted to play baseball, so Rookie uh-huh. of the Year is like a wish fulfillment thing. I never wanted to manage a baseball <laughs> team. Nobody wants to like. Very few kids grow up and like they see like Tommy Lasorda, and they're like, <laughs> if only per chance to dream. Slim fast commercials. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so there was, was less. Even Thank you he, for referencing that he was the guy in the <laughs> slim fast commercials. I wanted you to know who I was talking yeah. about. But like he, he's Kathy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is fun because, you know, it's a kid interacting with baseball players. And it's like, if only they listen to my baseball ideas. I never like. Even, like, even though that's, I guess that's a kind of common thing for fans of sports is to be like, if only I was the manager, they'd. Yeah. Now that is true. When you're literally in the seats in the stadium, like, what the fuck are we doing out there? Yeah. Wait, does the manager, is he just like a business guy or is he actually like coming up with. No, he's. He's not a coach. Yeah, he's a coach. He's like the head coach. Oh, he manages the baseball club. I get it. Yeah. Got it. I'm with you. The owner, but he's also the owner, which means that. You know, that's oh. the, like, acquiring players and, like, you know, managing contracts and that kind of stuff, the mm-hmm. business stuff. It's all crazy now because they also have, like, you know, their million, you know, billion-dollar operations. So they have, like, business manager, base, head of baseball operations, and I don't know what general managers. It's, it's like – and each one is – each team kind of does it a little differently. So that gets really complicated. We're not doing that in this movie. This is early days baseball yeah. when this they just pre-money had – pre-money ball, too, so we're not doing <laughs> analytics – they just had, you know, a, a log that they played with. Someone has an old <laughs> bean sack that they're pitching. The mound was only like 12 feet away. The pitcher would throw it not only underhand but with two hands. <laughs> Sometimes the beans would get loose and that the ball was still in play. Yeah. You still had to sew the beans back into the ball. And in the 90s, it was still heavily influenced by cricket. So games could last three or four days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't play at night. Right. You know. <laughs> 
Because there weren't there weren't any electric lights no. yet mm-hmm. in 1994. Invi- invented in 1998 <laughs> by Thomas Edison VI. <laughs> He's not that old. Thomas uh, Edison isn't six <laughs> generations removed. You idiot. Dumb. Uh, joke. They all died young. Um, they all sired and died young. <laughs> all the Edisons. <laughs> Do you have any specific memories? About I have this? literally. I've never le- seen this movie before. But I here's my uh, little big league bingo that I want to play. Okay. Here's what I want from this movie. Scene of the main kid taking his friends to the stadium. For sure. Gonna and like doing a panoramic like, whoa, yeah. whoa. A scene awkward, like a prepubescent scene in the locker room where he like sees all the players like showering. and is like, I'm so uncomfortable. Uh, I don't remember that, but maybe. And I want uh, no one taking him seriously. Sure classic i guess that's that's you know what that's the free space that's, basic, that's the free space yeah that's basic screenwriting one. <laughs> right you have a challenge you want to overcome it. i want a denouement i want credits <laughs> i want a best boy i want a key grip uh can we get a line producer on this movie what else what i should should i expect just um hijinks well, for sure like uh let's think hijinks uh a trick play that's Ooh, gotta happen i want some sort of like ridiculously like shoehorned in villain oh, like yeah. another mm-hmm. evil owner i think someone it's who, ken like, jr in this who like literally ken griffey i think jr. it literally is because they play the mariners or like ben riffey the third no i think he ken griffey jr as ken griffey jr Ooh, but I heard his voice work on that episode of The Simpsons. He, I don't think he has... Stick either, to what you know. He either has no lines or very few lines. He's mm-hmm. just like an intimidating presence. But and, that make, doesn't make him the antagonist. I want, I want like intrigue, like like the fa- the stepfather in Rookie, Rookie of the Year, and mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Danza's kind of a dick, and Angels in the Outfield. Yeah. Also, I mean, presumably in Angels in the Outfield, also Beelzebub is an antagonist. <laughs> the Lord of Lies. If I may do a baseball nerd out for a second, you're not going to enjoy this. Uh, there is something to be said if you enjoy watching baseball, which I know you don't, and that's just okay. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. has one of the best-looking swings in baseball. It's very – when he, like, hits a home run or hits, like, it's very, like, aesthetically pleasing. Like, some even amazing hitters, like, look terrible – like uh, I'm trying to think of someone really famous, like Cruck like, guy. We talked, yeah, about John Cruck is a great example. Like, he doesn't look good doing anything. No, he's a, he was an incredible hitter, but like he looked terrible. Like he was just a schlubby. King he looked like junior. he was mid heart attack throughout most of the 90s. Is yeah. he alive still? Uh, John Cruck, yes, I think. I think. I have a feeling he's dead. John Cruck, no, I, I think he's doing. He was just at my birthday party. How's he, he doing? He does like announce, like he's an announcer or like a commentator now. I only remember him because my dad, uh, the Phillies, I think, went to uh, modern day Crock. Ooh, that's a, you know what? That's pretty close to what I would expect. Yeah, my uh, the Phillies went, to, I think, to the World Series sometime in the nineties, and yeah. my, so I remember being like, "That is a professional athlete right there. That yeah. man is a professional athlete." When and King Griffey Jr. wasn't so much. It wasn't so much that he was like you know real and really amazing. I mean, he was in. Like he was an athlete, he was in good shape. But sure. he he just has like a a swing that just looked like you're like oh that's how that's supposed to look like like the platonic a, form of a baseball yeah. swing. Mm-hmm. Like he hits home run, you're like man, that's a nice home run. I can't, uh, you know, I can't wait to see it. 
I'm sure it'll... And it gets really uncomfortable. It'll open the door for me for baseball. It's probably yeah. going to just it, turn it, me on to the whole endeavor. It would get uncomfortable sometimes when in the like when people would talk about it. <laughs> like the announcers would be like, the sweetest swing in baseball. They'd be like, that's a... Fu- it takes his long, slender bat and just strikes the ball with it. It's just... It's uncomfortably sexual. Like they, they wouldn't say that. <laughs> the but most it, fuckable hit in baseball. Yeah, it would be. Uh, sometimes it'd be like, okay, guys, I'd like to be penetrated just by the swing, by the idea of his swing. That was not his by name. him, not in the gay way. I want the idea, the concept of his swing, to penetrate me. Fun fact about Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. He eventually got traded to the Cincinnati Reds, which is my favorite uh, yeah, baseball team. Sure, and then. Uh, he was good for almost exactly one year, mm-hmm. and then he was injured for like ten, <laughs> pretty much perpetually, which well, is not really his his fault. Like obviously that, but it's, or is it? It really sucks as a fan when they traded like six players for him too. They're like, <laughs> this is guy is like a legendary hitter. He was like on track to hit as many home runs or more that than the guys, the roided up guys, than Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds when all that was going on. Yeah. He was like in the mix until all these injuries. And then it was like, well, maybe he'll get a couple more before he packs it in. <laughs> that was all when he was on the Reds, my my favorite team. Did you uh, think there was a curse? Did you think it was because you didn't turn your hat at the right time? No. I mean I uh yes, mm-hmm. for sure. It was Thank my you. fault. You didn't rally. You got to rally when they say rally. I had a lucky charm that I would bring with to, to baseball. It was like a little Reds guy, guy in a Reds uniform, mm-hmm. and I would bring it to games with me, and then I lost it. What's overlooked in that superstition is that they were pretty bad when I had it, but <laughs> still, I lost it, and they were never good again until they were. And you know where you lost it? In the dugout of the Reds, and Actually, Ken Griffey slipped on yeah. it. <laughs> that is, there's actually a... Uh, that's a common thing in baseball off season is that weird injuries happen to people. There's mm-hmm. like a whole thing in Deadspin where they're like, this this week in weird ass off season <laughs> baseball injuries. Manny Ramirez stabbed himself in the eye with a fork. <laughs> he was gonna he's gonna miss the season <laughs> till he gets his eye back. Okay, so we're gonna watch Little Big League. Uh, it's on Amazon.com as a to rent. Are there any so, women in this movie? There's his mom. Uh-huh. Played by Meryl Streep? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In one of her breakout roles. <laughs> <laughs> it was this then Holocaust. Little little known fact, uh, Meryl Streep was actually discovered by Timothy Busfield. <laughs> on the very a, idea a, is ludicrous. In a basket on her door. She was an orphan. <laughs> it gets sillier the more you talk about it. Yeah. Uh, watch the movie with us. We'll be right back. Bye. So this is normally the part in our show where we would hawk our Patreon page and ask you to support the podcast. Um, The world is a shit show, uh, and we have so very little to contribute uh, as people, as podcasters, the two of us, and we don't need your money. But uh, So don't worry about supporting our Patreon. Please, at this time, there's lots of organizations that could use your money. Uh, one that we're going to suggest is Raices Texas, R A I C E S T E X A S dot org. Yes, they're doing their best to help immigrants with uh, legal, legal defense, legal defense, and uh, helping as much as they can um, 
getting people organized. There's actually a great uh, list of other organizations if you want to check out the list and kind of pick your favorite. Um, Slate did a great list uh, recently, and it's just called uh, How You Can Fight Family Separation at the Border. Um, if you can just Google that and then Slate, you'll find a great list there that's got like dozens of organizations that are uh, all doing great work. So go over there and support the podcast. Do not spend money on us right now. We don't need it. Keep in mind, uh, even though President Trump did sign an executive order that essentially puts the children in jail with their parents, um, they are there's still uh, some legal question as to what will happen to the, the children that were already separated from their families. So do support in any way you can. We'll be uh, back to yucking it up in a few minutes. <laughs> are back we've come back from the seventh inning stretch it's more like the third inning stretch you got a lot of podcasts left because we're about <laughs> to recap little big league 1994 written LBL. by written and directed by andrew schneinman wait actually do you know the director schneinman schneinman something schneinman andrew? oh yeah because he didn't he direct not no more, according to the uh, IMDb trivia. Is that how it was phrased? Smidgen. He direct yeah, it was old. not. It was not written well. Uh, may I recap this movie? I know normally <laughs> by all means, because I'd just be like, he throw ball, he good. Okay, it's uh, the story of a boy. Okay, his grandfather owns the Minnesota Twins. Grandfather passes away, leaves the team to the boy. The boy is now the owner of the Minnesota Twins, appoints himself manager, so now he is the owner and manager of the Power Twins. Power play. He, uh, hijinks ensues. Lessons are learned. Fun is had mm. by the players, by, the, by me. Uh, <laughs> they actually lose a one-game playoff to the Mariners. Ken Griffey Jr. and his fuckable swing mess it up for him. But they learned some lessons. You know, the, the real championship was, was the friendships they made along the way. And uh, Billy realizes that he's 12, and uh, that's the name main character, which I skipped Thank over you. That no, part. that's fine. Billy realizes that... Uh, you just had him named as Boy. Boy. Billy the Boy realizes <laughs> this is too much pressure for a 12-year-old boy and, and uh, retires, says he'll still be the owner, he'll still be around, appoints uh, the pitching coach who had been kind of helping him learn how to manage a team as the head coach uh -huh. and then uh first baseman marries his mom and uh happily ever after it's fucking simple case closed that's lbl in a nutshell yeah a little big league a little big league oh long, long, long. um tell me tell me what you got over there i would have to say we've watched I mean, I think we uh, in that we are a nostalgia podcast. We've watched a lot of shows where a teenager or a, a you know a preteen is the main character, and I would have to hand it off to Luke Edwards. Luke Edwards, who is the uh, actor who plays Billy Haywood, mm -hmm. is the most pubescent character we've ever seen. He's got Most like going through puberty. He has a burgeoning unibrow. Yeah. 
you can see the faint shadow of a crustache. The cr- the slouch. The slouch of a teenage boy. Just like constantly yeah. arms like flowing forward, just as if as if Cro-Magnon never happened. Just like <laughs> Skipping right over. Cruising forward like a tidal wave. He's got kind of a dead eye. He's kind of got a dead-eyed thing going on. Let's get this out of the way. Not a great actor. Yeah, like most pubescent children, not good actors. He's the worst child actor in this movie. Uh, He's given the lead role. (laughs) There is a pitcher who gets relieved during the middle of a game who refers to him as Rat Boy, Mm -hmm. which is the most accurate I feel like it was almost cruel that they put it in the script. Yeah. Because I'm like, that. this kid looks like he'd be perfect in a high school production of Charlotte's Web playing Templeton. Ooh. Just imagine Who's with being a, mean now? <laughs> imagine him with a, a fucking shamer. Clark Bar rapper about the size of his arm. You know, he's a rap boy. Mm. I started strong, ended weak, but I still, <laughs> I still stand by what I've said. This... The 11-year-old boy is ugly. I feel proud that I said that. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Good he job. is a horrible actor, though. He's... I don't, no, 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 no. He's I'm bad. sorry. He is a pretty boring actor. He never really feels very energetic at any point. And it's frustrating because, as you hinted at, he is surrounded by fine child actors. Yeah. His two best friends in the movie are fine child actors. Mm-hmm. He runs into a few other kids Some point along the way they're all fine but he is like sleepwalking through this whole thing and it's very frustrating yeah i mean it's possible that if you you know shine the spotlight too brightly on any of them they'd all have the same problem because that's a child actor thing very rarely do you get one where you're like didn't even notice he was 11 but he also has a, a weird role to play in that uh his character is established Almost immediately as, like, he's, like, the baseball stats nerd. Yeah, he's a like mature, he knows He's yeah. fucking forever referencing games in the 1920s. Yeah. And uh, so that, like, puts him in a weird box already. Yeah. And it's almost a box that versus the premise of the movie, which is, oh, my God, a kid is running a baseball team. <laughs> uh, it almost puts him at a weird place because... The premise of that movie seems like, oh, wouldn't it be weird? Imagine all the hijinks. In fact, I would, and this may be the first for the podcast, I would object to your summation of this movie. You said at some point that hijinks ensue. I can think of one hijink, and that's it. No, they had the trick play. They had people uh, goofing around, dressing up. Dressing up? Who was dressing yeah, up? Yeah, the guy with the thick glasses, the one guy was wearing a wig. I was like, They're 30 like seconds. Dancing around. Well, yeah. That's a hijink? There's hijinks. That seems like goofing off. A hijink to me is like misunderstanding, <laughs> zaniness, not just like putting Gatorade glasses on your, or Gatorade cups on your glasses. You wanted like a heist. That's what you were looking for. <laughs> you wanted an Ocean's Eleven <laughs> style heist. Turns out he was just taking money from the team in the end. No, I guess I just wanted like oh, I wanted more the- embezzlement from the child owner. <laughs> I wanted more, you know, misunderstandings and like awkward kid stuff. And I felt like the movie would sort of like drip that in because it felt felt obligated to like, hey, let's throw in a weird water balloon scene where we've already established. I'm not saying that that's my hijink. Okay. The trick play wasn't. Cool a it. 
I got to make a point here. There's at least two hijinks. He is set up as a stats nerd, and then they're like, oh, shit, we made a nerd into the... We made a baseball sports nerd into the manager. That's not an interesting movie. We have to all of a sudden throw in water balloons and weirdness and, like, pornos. And that's the only moment where I was reminded, like, oh, yeah, there's a teenager, not even a teenager, running this baseball club. Otherwise, it's just some awkward nerd running a baseball club. And that is not that interesting a movie. I think I think that was consistent. Like he was goofing around with his buddies before he owned the team. He wasn't like a yeah before he owned the team. And when he owned the team, he immediately like shut him off. Well, eventually, that's, that's he invited him point. to a game once in a while. I don't even understand what your argument is. I'm just saying I don't think his character was very fleshed out. And being he, yeah, I feel like fair. the premise of the show or the premise of the movie is like, hey, what if a teenager took over a baseball team? And then yeah. the the guy who was writing the movie was like. But I got to establish why a baseball owner would give a team to a child. Because he loves baseball. Because he loves baseball, but he's like a stats nerd. So it's like, yeah, that, okay. I mean, I guess that it's a little weird, but it doesn't seem that bad yet. And then it never really sort of recovers from being set back by itself to like, what is the problem with this? The, he seems like a fine manager. There's never, and I'm still saying, it's weird that a teenager will be running a baseball club. Yeah. But there's never a moment where I was like, this is a disaster. That's the point. You're supposed to be on the movie side. You're supposed to be saying, no, he's a smart kid. He's got a level head. His his grandfather believed in him. Mm -hmm. It's the world at large. He had faith in him. The baseball world especially, who's like, kid can't be a manager. That's what's supposed to be going on. I don't, I don't understand I guess why I you're feel upset like about that. I'm not upset. You're, I'm not upset. You're very upset. Uh, I guess rookie this of the year. This is the most heated we've ever been. I guess rookie of the year, I feel like, handled this a lot better in that it played off the weirdness of a child playing in a professional baseball setting. And sort of with while still playing into, like, there's a reason there's this kid here. In Rookie of the Year, there was like, he can throw however fast 2,000 a mile hour uh, ball. (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. But he's also like this weird kid who doesn't understand how the world works. But I feel like this movie set itself behind by giving this kid already the knowledge of how baseball works. Right. And then I was supposed to... You know, there wasn't that zaniness that you expected from the premise, I guess is what I'm saying. There is something... There were... There were weird trick plays, I guess, if you want to yeah. count that as a hijink. Yeah, I do. But, I mean, I guess that kid hijinks didn't feel like it came through. You wanted him to, like, give swirlies to the competition or something. I mean, I, you're sort of dismissing it, but, I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like he should have been... I feel like when he was ta- he took over as, as uh, owner of the baseball team, there almost seemed like, yeah... Everyone seemed to respond to that like, I mean, we got a kid in charge, but yeah, that's how we're going to deal with it. Yep, yeah. we're going to have a kid in charge. And like even Dennis Freen is like, I get it. Your your grandpa gave you the team. As if like every other day a teenager is getting a baseball team. Preteen. Um, you're, <laughs> you're right. Um, I think. But, but then when he became manager, there was a little bit of press coverage. Yeah. He had to but I feel like that could have been played up a little bit. I guess so. I think I will agree, though, that the very premise of Rookie of the Year versus this one uh, is more goofy because, to be completely honest, there there is absolutely no – to defend baseball, there is absolutely strategy. But honestly, like the players, they don't – 
you don't absolutely need a manager. Like the you can just go play baseball. Like uh-huh. obviously the manager is there to make, you know, personnel decisions on the field of like this player's in, this player's out and you know, like maybe overall strategy of, oh, hey, we're going to walk this guy here. But the players themselves, like, are playing the game. Right. He doesn't, like, he doesn't micromanage everything. Yeah. Like, and generally speaking, the, the pitcher and the catcher are deciding which pitches to pitch and, mm-hmm. like, that kind of stuff. But the, the manager will make, you know, overall decisions or be like, hey, walk this guy or whatever. Stuff like that. But a, a, a kid playing baseball is inherently more goofy because it's right. like – He's going to be involved in every single play that he's in there and he's, you know, like he's a kid. He's he's playing with adults. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he should be completely overmatched, but he's not because he got a broke his arm. Anyway, but <laughs> the manager. I mean, attendance, they fuse together in a weird way. Any scientist would tell you. It's just like I, I hit on in the in the beginning. It was like very few kids dream of, you know, being like, <laughs> uh-huh. oh, I'm going to make personnel decisions and fire players like a manager like that's not a thing a kid so it's it's a little bit more serious and boring by its very nature but but i feel like if they wanted to be a little bit more serious they could have done that if they wanted to be a little bit more silly they could have done that they chose neither of these things yeah i think they just wanted to show that there was a reason that his grandfather had faith in him and that's why they made him like a stat nerd but he's still a kid. Like he's. Still I absolutely like everything yeah. you're saying. I agree with. Yeah. But I feel like it already sets the movie back. Like in terms of. Yeah. I of, am interested in what's happening of, on like, the screen. Per- potential too. Or like, any yeah. potential. Yeah. I'm like this is not dramatic. This is not comedic. This is definitely something you filmed on camera. They're like. And the kid, I feel like, also like doesn't help things because he's just a very low energy wooden. actor. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like okay, you've. Even when he's like having fun, he's like, guys, right. we got to have fun. He's kind of like, guys, uh, someone told me once that we should just always have fun. You guys are <laughs> baseball players. This is great. Right. DiMaggio, play ball. And I actually, I did like that f- feeling as a person who does not care for sports and actually is disgusted at the amount of money this country <laughs> and schools, higher education uh, institutions throw at sports. Uh, the idea that someone would come in and say, hey, you know, this is a game. Why don't we just go out there and have fun? We're paid, in many cases, millions of dollars uh, to play a game. Why don't we just have fun? I like that aspect, and it felt like it sort of crept in a little bit, but I feel like they could have uh, leaned into that Mm -hmm. a little bit more. You're saying baseball players should have more fun, or you're saying they're not serious enough? Oh, no, I think they could have more fun, I guess. Okay, yeah. I just like the idea, like, hey, remember when this is a game? And also colleges shouldn't have sports teams. That's my takeaway. That's a whole thing. I know. I just get really annoyed. <laughs> uh, I have to immediately take issue with the with nerdy baseball things. Like, oh, should we set up the final play? Fucking, okay, so the big we're trick already play. in here. Let's do it. The legendary trick play. And now this is the play. end of the film. This is, this is, is the, the end of the, the film. Big, the big game. This is big leagues now. This is not little leagues. It's big leagues. But wait, we had a little player... Mm-hmm. And he's, he's in, the, in the major leagues. The, so well, is there a way like you could phrase that so that I would understand? Sure. Like small, he was in little league, small, big ball, <laughs> small, large ball. Thank you. He's in the large leagues. And so this is a one game playoff between the Seattle Mariners and our, our good guys, Minnesota twins, the heroes and versus Chris, the villains. Boo Mariners. Ken Griffey jr. In his boo sensual swing (laughs) 
has well, he's been walked. He didn't use his swing, but he he I mean, we did see one swing. We did. He hit a home run earlier, and I mean, it seemed. Yeah, I mean, get I'd have to see more than one swing. I Actually, guess. I'm going to show you right now. Maybe I don't know what to look for. It's not like it's a. Uh, it's nonsense. It's kind of nonsense. I mean, I I know that, but surely you're seeing something. Well, it's just about like the the sort of the way it literally looks like. Kevin Griffey Jr. just has like a really smooth motion, which is meaningless. Like mm-hmm. if the ball goes out, it goes out. Like it, you could be like, Nyeh! and if it like goes <laughs> out, it doesn't matter. But yeah. But I it, wish someone would go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down because um, you just talked about Ken Gif- Griffey and his swing. Uh, but I wrote down sexual tension. Thy name is Ken Griffey Jr. He is forever with the winking and the sauntering and the strutting and the smiling and the what have you. He literally, at the end of this movie, fucked everyone in that stadium. (laughs) That was above age. It is, for him, just big league. No little big league. He is a junior. (laughs) Uh, But it was oddly sexual. Um, And then when he is like, he's taken out of the game, whatever you would call it. He's outed. No, that's different verb what would you call it when you get someone out they get him out yeah that's lame you guys need to work on that baseball get to work uh but when he's got gotten out we tagged out yeah (laughs) um someone else winks at him yeah like to be like hey you know how your thing is winking well i just winked at you because now you're out of the game and And ken griffin's ken griffin's like i retire from baseball from this moment and then he just like shimmies his cup a little bit just like and you hear a little bit of the click and it like just kind of like rattles around a little bit <laughs> and they're like why would it make that sound and he's like i have one testicle uh the other is a marble <laughs> that a doctor put in there uh now i know that i pointed it out, out a lot so this may just be my fault but did you find the soundtrack like distracting or was it just me that was finding it well it's uh there are two schools of thought on the subject i'm glad you brought it up one is the constant issue that all i feel like ever since we left vhs something happened where no one knows how to mix it anymore and so explosions music they're all on a different wavelength than dialogue so everyone's like And it's very distracting and bothersome. It's like, we don't all have stereo, so fucking, how about you cool it for yeah. five minutes? Um, I so can't there was that factor. I can't completely absolve my TV either, either, but it might be. Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, every TV I've been on, because when I was growing up, I was like, oh, well, I know the Xanthopolis clan. We're not springing for the nice TV. <laughs> and then when I would go to the people with the nice TV, I'm like, oh, this is just shit everywhere. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I got so mad. <laughs> But there's so there's that factor where the just the sound mixing is off. Um, But it felt like I don't know if this rings true to you, but it felt like they had plans for a grandiose soundtrack and everything fell through at the last minute. And they were just like, shit, we got to get some music in here now. Do you have a friend with a guitar that we can get in here? I don't know, like where it was in the planning, because it sounded like like they couldn't get like the songs they wanted. And so they just, like you said, they just like put in like sound alike tracks and like bluesy things, but it was actually Stanley Clark. who was like a famous musician, mm-hmm. like Steve Cropper is in there. These people like made original music for the movie. Steve Cropper, uh famous guy. You know how I was like making fun of how it sounded like soul man. 
Yeah. That was Steve Cropper playing guitar on Soul Man. So it, oh. that makes sense. Yeah. So bully for me, I guess. But it's it was distracting. <laughs> like Jeff Beck that is in there. That kid's got an ear. Like Jeff Beck was in there. Like it was, mm-hmm. but it's like not good. Like it's not bad, but like it's all it's kind of distractingly not songs that you're familiar with. Well, it also seems like a weird way to. But I would imagine that's, that's a lot of money to put into a soundtrack that doesn't seem like we've got a movie idea and it's that a kid runs a baseball club. Let's get a lot of bluesy riffs in here and just real guitar heavy blues rock. Yeah. It was kind of strange. I thought like the, the songs they did use, well, they used Wipeout, but they used like a cover of Wipeout, (laughs) which was strange. And then that was, that wasn't me laughing at your joke. That was me about to start singing (laughs) Wipeout. Um, the, the only like recorded song that I was familiar with that I remember at least was Run Around Sue. Yeah, that was a which was large f- montage. Yeah, which was a fun. You got choice. at least uh, two song. verses and two choruses of Run Around yeah. Sue, and I don't know how much change there is left in Run Around Sue after you take those out. Yeah, like uh, maybe maybe uh, another repeated chorus. Yeah. They used at least most of the song if not the entire. And entire also, song. I had a lot of trouble um Connecting slut shaming a woman named Susan <laughs> to baseball. I don't know about you, but can I ask you a question unrelated to the music? Please, DJ. By all, by all means, I feel uncomfortable. Do video wills actually exist, <laughs> or are they only in movies? Uh, I, I'm going like... to make one because I want them to. But what? form do you put them on because like do you if you make one on vhs like literally no one could watch that now like you handed me a vhs i would be like i have i literally have to go to a thrift store or not thrift store a A pawn shop pawn shop and find a fucking vcr at this point that's a great question um I think if you did did an MP4 at this point, you'd probably be safe. Yeah. You know, time will always be around. Mark my words. If you want to do that, that would probably be the best course of action. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily object to the medium of a video, Will, although I know of no one who's ever left one. Um, I object to Grandfather Haywood, played by... Thomas. The Iceman cometh himself, Jason Robards. Mm -hmm. Uh, He uh, does a video, Will. And literally the only person addressed in it is his grandson who gets ownership of the Minnesota Twins. And it's just like, why didn't you fucking write it down? Like, even if video wills do not exist, as we suspect, and they're just used in movies and TV shows because having people sit around a table and read read legal documents is an undynamic waste of time. You don't get that sweet, sweet Um, Jason Robards FaceTime. We paid for Jason Robards. We're going to get Jason Robards. Now, Jason, (laughs) sit down. We're going to film you with a shitty camera. Uh, (laughs) Why are you yelling at Jason Robards? (laughs) That's just a hobby of mine. (laughs) Um, I was in parenthood, god damn it. It's weird that you brought up parenthood instead of like all the president's men, Jason Robards. Um, Not one of your better films. <laughs> you were like barely in it, too. I mean, you had your Amadeus was your son. He had a gambling problem. You liked cars. You treated your wife like shit. Steve Martin, you sort of disgraced his father. Yeah. Come on. All the president's men, though. That's where the money is. Anyway, he only addressed his grandson. Um, it doesn't seem legally binding either. You can't sign it. 
I don't know that you haven't done it under duress. Uh, yeah. There's no witness that could that could testify I feel like to legally, it. Legally, you must also have to sign a will. Like it must be just be like a way to like be like nobody mess with this. This is me saying this. Also, here's a document saying the same thing. Because I feel like yeah, there would know. still have to be a sub subsequent sure document. Maybe we'll ask our legal expert Caleb Money about that. Uh, so bingo wise, we got. Kids visit the stadium and all that. They did do that, even though they've obviously already been there. And also the security guard had no idea that the the owner had changed hands and that an 11-year-old had taken over. He just started. But it was another example of like, what? where have you been? This is the company you just started with. The owner died, gave it to a literal fetus, and no one let you know? (laughs) Hmm. I just wrote, I think one of my notes is, in all caps, a kid owns the twins. <laughs> that's not a note. That's the premise of You'd the movie. You'd think that there'd be more media dash, a kid owns the twins. Everyone doesn't seem that bothered. Yeah. You wanted more incredulity. At least initially, like a little, like, the spinning newspaper. Kid owns twins. There was and then actually, another, and then another, like they actually did that then, without then, the spinning, another, and you're still not happy. Then another, like a uh, smaller article that says kid gives birth to twins. Mm. Wow. wow, babies having babies. <laughs> Dennis Farina, I forgot he was in this. <laughs> you did. I was very mad at you. At all the people we forgot were in this. Dennis Farina is in this. Kevin Dunn, who everyone should Google because you'd be like, who the fuck is Kevin Dunn? And then you minute seem like, oh, that guy from that thing. The guy from Dave. Yeah. Um, he also was in Ghostbusters 2. Yep. Friend of the show. Not been on the show, <laughs> but we watched a movie that had him in it. Um, Dennis Farina. Did I already say Dennis Farina? Yes. Uh, we had Spongeworthy Scott was in it. Gilmore Girls would know him as Luke, but I know him as Spongeworthy Scott. Who else we got? Oh, Jonathan Silvermoon, as we discussed. Timothy Buzzfield. Uh, One of, 50% of the few good men. Yes. Uh, His name, the actor's name. Wolfgang. Wolfgang Bodison, who plays one of the defendants in A Few Good Men. Defendants. That's one of my favorite things about court movies. They don't say defendant. They say defendants. Now, uh, I'd like to. The two defendants you see uh, over here. uh, (laughs) Tapping his glasses on the. Now, my seersucker suit, uh, I'm still sweating through it. It's hot in this southern. Could we have a recess for a lemonade? A lemonade and bourbon, which is made in the same building, I should mention. It's so hot I need a lemonade, a bourbon And a cigar for some reason This handkerchief in my jacket Is also for mopping my brow Because I'm making many a legal point And excuse me While I voir dire this witness (laughs) Now we have to watch A Midnight uh, midnight in the Garden of Good Oh I was doing my cousin Vinny On my end That happens. Lane Smith, my cousin Vinny The movie's great It's a great movie I, I at first I will say I got annoyed at the movie because um it felt like Billy was really into Lou, Timothy Busfield. Um yeah. and seemed to even encourage a relationship between Lou and his mom. Yeah. 
And then when that re- relationship actually blossomed, he got really grumpy about it. And at first I was really annoyed about it. But then I kind of bought into it because I feel like, uh, one, an 11-year-old would be clueless enough to be like, with Lou being like, hey, say hi to your mom for me. That he'd be like, oh, yeah, you want me to literally say hi to my mom? Sure thing, Lou, my favorite baseball's player. Yeah. Um, that he wouldn't pick up on it. And, you know, when even if he did pick up on it, he would be threatened by, you know, a new father figure. A very Freudian thing. He feels the need to kill his father figure yeah. and marry his mother. That's, uh, I haven't gone through all that. But as someone who went through the, uh, the uh, you know, stepmom, stepdad thing, it's fraught. Especially when you're prepubescent and, like, there's there's the normal kid shit. And mm-hmm. then there's also stuff that would be emotionally difficult regardless of your age. And you're kind of, eh, you don't always handle it that well. So I buy that. Especially when he's under the pressure of... Running a baseball team, which he has no business running. <laughs> I would like to reiterate once again, <laughs> no business. Oh, uh, one thing. I mean, I think they could have played this up, but it happened so fast that I didn't even really wasn't able to catch what was going on. Dennis Farina is the coach at the beginning of the yeah. uh, mm-hmm. movie. He's the uh, manager, manager, mm-hmm. as it were, of the baseball Minnesota team. Twins. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he, he's kind of a yelly, he's kind of a Gordon yeah. Ramsay style management style. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he's an asshole. I guess I feel like they could have played up the asshole yeah. thing to make his firing seem like more legit. Yeah. Like I was just getting used to, oh yeah, Dennis Farina is going to be here. And then he wasn't yeah. there anymore. Um, he yelled a lot. But he already was like set to comic effect, so it seemed like yeah. he was almost harmless. Like there's the first scene where we see him yelling is like after they lose their first game before when Jason Robards is still living. Um he like he's yelling at them and screaming and sort of like making kind of jokes. Uh and he tries to kick a towel, but he's like also stepping on the same towel with his other foot. So every time he kicks it, it doesn't go and he has to like do it three times. He just seems so ineffective. And then he leaves, slams the door, and then that's the first moment when the other players are like, I'd give that argue that uh a six because right. that uh door slamming was really ineffective. So it immediately like sucks any power of him like yelling. Right. Um he's not as goofy as Daniel Stern in Rookie of the Year, no, but like yeah. it's he seems very non threatening. No. So the fact that they fire him fairly early on, it sort of sucks the energy. If they could have turned him into a not a like a overarching villain, but like yeah. Kind of like I'm mad, like a like a very unhealthy mad thing. Right. Yeah. Not that yelling at people is good. That's not a good managerial did, style. Yeah. But, but he's also like you know not to defend the movie too much because right. I, I agree with you. They could have played it up more just to make it more interesting. But he is an ineffectual coach. Like yeah. they're they're losing, which is in baseball. Like that's even though they're like like I said, the players play the game. So it's like there's only so much he can do, and if they're losing. I mean, he can try some different stuff, and you can definitely make things worse yeah. as a manager. But it's also like, I mean, if the players aren't hitting, you're not going to win or, you know, whatever. But also, he's You don't open, get points for hustle? He's open, not literal points. You get figurative points. But he also is openly insubordinate, not just to our our boy, Billy, who is now the owner, but also the GM, a uh, guy from Dave, whose name I already forgot. Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Uh so either either of whom I mean, has the power he, to fight. I mean, him. he is insubordinate um, during the office scene, but yeah, 
But before that, I guess Billy not really. um, yeah. tells him, hey, why don't you stop yelling at everyone? It doesn't seem to be working. And he's like, ah, yeah, maybe I should try that. And then immediately starts yelling at someone. And it's sort of played as like a, a joke, comedic yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, it also underlies that he's not like taking advice very right. well. But I feel like even uh, if they didn't play it up a little bit, like have like a few more scenes where he's yeah not working. You just want to see Dennis Farina more. One, I want to see Dennis Farina more yeah. because it reminds me of Get Shorty, that movie I saw several thousand times within the window of 1995 to 1998 <laughs> and then never saw again. Um but I just I just felt like because that also leads to the big plot point of the movie, which is um, Billy's Game of Thrones, where he's just like, <laughs> oh, after a thorough search, I think you should make me the manager of the baseball team. Yeah, that's true. I feel like they could have at least made it more of a moment. And also, like, could you have expended any effort in, like, trying to find another baseball manager that wasn't, you know. I don't know if you knew this, but Billy is 12 years old in this movie. It's true. And, you know, well, you know, he's the owner. And he's got now, a unibrow. So he knows that, you know, he'll work for free or whatever. So, I mean, it may, you could it's arguably a good business move. I guess you could say that. In a yeah. way, everything I've said is moot. This is the greatest business movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Should we, we actually finish talking about the, the bulk scene? Or did we get off topic? <laughs> I think we just started talking about uh, Ken Griffey Jr.'s sexy oh, yeah, swing. Yeah. But I don't think we actually talked about the play. So let's okay. talk about that so okay. we can wrap this yeah. up. Okay. So just to, to recap in case you didn't uh, watch this movie just recently. So it's the, the, big, the big game, the one game playoff. Ken Griffey Jr. is on base. He's been walked. And uh, they do a trick play. And the trick play is that Jonathan Silverman, who plays, I don't remember his character's name. But he's the pitcher. He's the pitcher. And he throws, pretends to throw the ball to to first base to get King Griffey Jr. back to base. But Timothy Busfield, the first baseman, pretends like it went past him. Even the security guard from earlier is in on the joke. He he gets up like he's looking – He ha, he picks up his chair and gets out of the way so that the other players can look mm-hmm. for it. So everybody's in on it. And then, you know, obviously King Griffey goes to second base, but oh, the pitcher still has the ball. So he throws it to second base. He tags him out. You're out. Wink. And then they have anal sex right there. Which is amazing. I appreciate the progressive attitude, but I don't know if that was the right place for it. A lot it. of ass eating in this movie. Surprisingly. <laughs> oh, God. So well, Timothy Busfield, um, we're not introduced to his character this way, but uh, the love story between his mother, uh, the mother, Billy's mother and Timothy Busfield, not yeah. Timothy Busfield's mother and no. Timothy Busfield. Mm-hmm. Um, she walks onto the field he's stretching yeah. while he's stretching and he's got his back on the ground and sort of doing a, almost a bicycle move. But with his legs, his knees are sort of around his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a gay man. I can tell you that is a great position to be in if you are wanting your ass eaten. Sure. Because you want to see it, I guess. I mean, not that you want to see it, but I mean, if I was in a, if I had back issues and I didn't want to like get down on the ground and I'm like, I'd like to be standing if you could get your ass in the most perfect position. <laughs> so I'm going to do the least work as possible. Timothy Busfield, Dingleberry Queen. <laughs> so back to the play. Um, oh, right. 
I was like, the play, the play within a play, like Hamlet? There is apparently argument abound whether this is a legal play or not. So I have to let you in on a, a baseball thing. And it's very nerdy. It's a little bit of, obs- it's pretty obscure. There's something called a balk. As as you saw me like following with the even the baseball logic that's laid out explicitly in this movie, <laughs> where I went, wait, what's going on with the Mariners? And you're like, they just explained, they just this. explained it pretty clearly. <laughs> There's a one game play. I was even just mocking how clearly <laughs> how they explained it. Yeah. He's like, boy, if the twin the twins did everything they could by winning those games, the Mariners have lost. Three of four, if they lose this game that they're playing right now, <laughs> there's going to be a one-game playoff. And then I'm like, why are they so invested in the Mariners? But if they win this game, the Twins are out. The Twins, which is the game, this is the team that you've been following, Damon. He said your name, which is weird. That seems weird. And then Damon's still like, what's going on here? The wait Now, if he hits it with the stick, it works. That's a point. So if you have trouble with that sort of thing, if the whole concept of baseball is just not your bag, I totally get it. There's nothing wrong with that. Whatever. You're not into baseball. That's cool. A bulk is about as deep as you can go. Like, it's a pretty obscure, weird thing. It's very specific to baseball, I think. I don't know. I guess I don't know that much about cricket. But uh, so... The deal is, and and the 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 other thing that's a little confusing is this took place in 1994, and the rules have tightened on re- the restrictions of what is a balk and what is not. Basically, is a balk a balk is something that like a penalty that's called on the pitcher and the pitching team. You don't want that because the runners advance. That's okay. bad. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's bad. I'm the with runners, you. Definitely. Yeah. The runner will go to the no next questions base. here. And the way that they do that is – so the the pitcher has to be touching the – this is also probably going to be – if you're super into baseball, you're going to be like, that's not the right definition. I'm getting close enough. <laughs> the pitcher – You know asks, what I find? Pedants. <laughs> they're cool with they're close enough. They're fine with close enough. The pitcher needs to be touching the rubber, which is the strip of literal rubber that's on the pitching mound. If you step off the rubber, then you can do whatever you want. Basically, you can throw it over to first or whatever. You can also – a lot of pitchers will just step off the rubber and that will make the batter realize, oh, he could – or the runner on base will make them realize, hey, he could throw it over to first, so I'm going to get back to base or wherever they are. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I just realized I was nodding and I literally have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but you know what? I want you to continue. I'm going to keep going. Just go, keep going. Just say uh-huh every now and again. And so if – but if the pitcher makes a motion towards home, which is where they're going to pitch the ball, uh-huh. they can't then throw it to first because that's a deception of the, there's weird rules. Oh. And <laughs> so basically what he does in this play, mm-hmm. and it's unclear exactly whether he's stepped off the rubber or not because yeah. the shot, the camera shot is like shoulders up. Yes. So we don't know for sure if Jonathan, Jonathan Silverman's character steps off, but it sure looks like he's a pretends to throw home and then immediately throws left, which would be a balk, would be illegal. Mm-hmm. But it's undetermined, basically. I can't say for sure that it would be a balk. If uh-huh. he had stepped off the mound, then it would be legal that he could fake yeah. the throw and then trick Ken Griffey Jr. However... I don't think you can involve the security guard. 
Rule eight, section one. <laughs> yeah. No crew members of the arena can be used. It's in movie also, do logic. They sit, do they sit on the field like that? He was like yeah. on a folding chair. Okay. They fine. do. You yeah. know what? And they do literally like get up out of the way of the ball comes towards them. I do like that sometimes in sports where you find like everything's been upped and upped and usually it's like the the media coverage has been like to the technology has advanced there but then you you see this thing that's so jarring that you're like, "Wow, you just never figured that out, did you?" You just got a boy running in front of the net to catch the ball. <laughs> you never figured out something. Couldn't, couldn't put a little gutter there uh, or anything. Bowling figured it out. Did you see that? Where are we going to get all these balls? Just get a prepubescent child to run back and forth in front of the net. Oh, I do want to say one thing, which is complimentary. I found myself surprised, but we all know I have a disability. (laughs) Um, I got hot eyes when Billy walked back onto the field. That was a nice moment. And, uh, you know, we got them not to the playoffs, right? He didn't get them to the playoffs. Spoiler alert, they lose. I have, you know, I'm going to save this question. Ken Griffey Jr. is too much. (laughs) He cannot be stopped. Uh, He appeared on many covers of Boys Life when I was uh, in the mid-90s. When I was in the mid-90s and the rest of us were in the mid-90s. Well, Not that when I was in my mid-90s. I don't, I want to stress, I mean the decade. Um, I just realized I have a question. I don't want you to answer it, but I want to get it in the, in the record. Okay. On the record, just so we can address it. Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. which is uh, sort of one of the siblings to this movie. Um, in that one, they don't make it to the World Series either. No, they do. So the, they don't win the World Series, though. Well, do we they? don't see it. We see them win the American League pennant. And then so they later, get to the World Series, but we don't see them play the World Series. Right. But it is also, they do win because. He when he we cut to a little league game at the end of that movie, and he went. They win the little league game, and he raises his fist up in the air, and he has a World Series championship ring. And in this movie, they do not make it to the World Series. They make it close, yeah, but they don't get in to the playoffs. Right. Um, I don't remember the outcome to Angels in the Outfield. I know the goal is to get to the pennant, which is that's the stage before the World Series again, right? Right. Yeah. Why doesn't anyone? I have a theory that, one, I hate series. As a non-sports person, when, like, the NHL is, like, in there, like, the Stanley Cup playoffs or the World Series comes along, I'm like, when will this nightmare end? <laughs> who, will rid, who will rid me of this meddlesome <laughs> series? It's just, like, goes on and on and on. Uh, Let's and say I wonder, you were playing D&D with your friends, though. Wouldn't it, it be a more... First off, I object to the stereotype. <laughs> Wouldn't it be more uh, meaningful if you played a series of games to determine who was the best? That's not my question. Okay. My question isn't against the idea of playing a series. My question that I do not do not want you to answer, do not even attempt to answer it. Okay. Rhetorical is, is the word. Does it not make for good movie storytelling to actually show the World Series? Because it's... At best, three games? No, at best, four games, right? At the very least, you're playing four games, correct? You said, Am I answering this? You can answer that okay. question. It's a best of seven. 
Right. So at least you're playing four games. Yeah. If you win all four, right. that's the least number you can play. Yeah. Um, but all these games stop short of getting to the World Series. Rookie of the Year has them win the World Series, but for some reason doesn't show us them winning the pinnacle of his career. So I, I have a feeling like it's just like, this is boring TV, even when you're actually invested in the World Series. So let's just skip over it. I just want to see what happens in Angel of the Outfield, see if I'm right. Okay, you don't want me to address it. No, we'll address it in Angel of the Outfield. Okay. Oh, you want to go to the verdicts? Yeah, let's okay. do that. You do it because you're the baseball man. First, you do your verdict first. Okay. Um, I say your inner child is not an idiot with this one. Uh, not a great movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. It was a bit long. It was I don't remember ever thinking this was an especially long movie, but it's two hours, which is for this movie too long. It could especially have been a, for a kids' movie, theoretically, yeah. it could have been a tight 90, 100 minute movie, easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I mean, it wasn't like bloated in the worst way, but there was even as a fan of the baseball scene, there was like the middle was saggy. Like there was a lot to get rid of there, and you could sort of could have still kept the sort of character development. Also, 1994, they say retarded in a derogatory way. <laughs> we have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Bad. Don't do that. But it was I wasn't laughing at the use of the word. I was laughing that you brought it up at this moment rather than any other moment previously. Just want to say in my verdict, they do say the <laughs> R word. So, well, I just, you, got, you got knocked off 50 points just yeah, then. Yeah, it's not good. I, as a... I like. I still like baseball, but I used to be really into baseball. Um, so uh-huh. the fact that they had like a guy reading weird stats, which is a big thing about baseball, is like it's a it's a sport for stat heads. I mean, all sports are, but especially baseball, like that weird, like they're like on the second Sunday of each month he hits five hundred or whatever. That's a very baseball thing. Like they were being barely exaggerating about that. Like. Mm-hmm. The guy, there's always a color commentator and then a play-by-play guy. Usually, I mean, usually on, especially on TV. So there's one guy being like, "Yeah, he hits the thing and whatever." And then there's another guy being like, "You know, Joe Oliver was 42 <laughs> years old when his mother hit for the cycle." You know, you're like, "What?" Uh, so as that, I liked those jokes, and I liked that he was like kind of a nerd about baseball. I'm definitely not as knowledgeable as mm-hmm. even the kid was, but like. It's it's kind of a fun thing, and it's like it's a sport for even if you're not athletic, like you can be, be into that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You can kind of be like, oh, well, he's only hitting two forty three, and you know, it's a very uh, you can be very analytical about it, and even more so now in today's baseball. So I find that kind of fun that they like somebody involved with this movie knew about baseball at least somewhat. Like it was. It was not all to the letter or anything like that, but it's, it was like pretty pretty accurate, I feel like, other than the fact that an 11-year-old. <laughs> um, and I didn't even see him sign anything to take yeah. ownership. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, there's some fun stuff in there. Uh, what? The, well, there's some fun stuff in there. 
If if you were you know in the '90s a big fan of baseball, there was a lot of cameos. There were uh, Randy they, Johnson, Chris mm-hmm. Berman, Ken Griffey Jr. Every baseball player that was on the other teams was an actual baseball player. I was surprised. I was surprised by that because they didn't seem to really call. It, I mean, I knew Ken Griffey Jr. just Ken Griffey Jr. just uh, and from uh, Boys Life, yeah, from Boys Life magazine, of course, and um, of course his friend Ken Griffin Jr., which I just uh, I just referenced him <laughs> earlier. Um, I was surprised they didn't really. Paul O'Neill is in there. A lot of yeah. these I recognize because they're in Seinfeld. They're in Seinfeld. They're Yankees players that George meets in Seinfeld. Um, so I was surprised that they didn't really call attention to them because I would imagine that would be maybe not the priciest thing, but it was like you probably have to pay a bigger price than just having you know. You're probably not paying them scale, I would imagine. And like some of them were just shot from behind, which I guess could have just been an actor in a O'Neill. Yeah jersey but it just seemed uh a a level of detail they didn't have to go to yeah and i think i don't know i think it was just maybe a thing where they wanted people to be like oh you know like literally that's it (laughs) just like oh rafael palmero this is years before he lies before congress (laughs) i don't know what you're talking oh steroids yeah he's the one that was like i did not and like pointedly and he totally did like, uh, Jose Canseco has a video of him shooting steroids into your ass. Oof. You know, that's embarrassing, and I apologize. Yeah. At least you didn't eat it. <laughs> what did you think? What's your verdict? Uh, I think your inner child is an idiot. Whoa! Split decision. Um, I, this is a really bloated film. Uh, it does sag in the middle. Yeah. I, there were points where we... I think the worst sign for a film is where I asked you to stop it to see how far we were into the movie. I, it was one of those movies, and this isn't necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but sometimes you get in a movie and uh, you don't know where you are in the three-act structure. Yeah. You're just like, where are we? Because yeah. it feels like action is rising and slowing and rising and slowing, and I don't know where the fuck we are. And you stopped it, and we were an hour into the movie, and I was like, woof. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be a while. Because we have... Another hour to go. Um, the acting, uh, I mean, we've we've talked about the kid. Yeah. The, he's not great. He was bad. Um, this does seem like a film, like sort of going off of what you said, I have a feeling that the guy who wrote this film or one of the many uh, corporate robots that they had write this film was like a very big baseball guy. It yeah. feels like a, a stat head, as you said. Yeah. Is I don't know if that's an accepted term. Yeah. Can I say stat head, or is that just something you can <laughs> You can say, say stethied, which is just a different way <laughs> oh, of saying I, I went to school with a stethied. <laughs> um, he's a foreign exchange student. Um, you can see there's like sort of a respect for the game, yeah. I think more than maybe Rogue of the Year or even the divinely inspired angels in the outfit. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make an interesting movie all the time. Um, sure. You can have a lot of respect for your source material and still like make a snooze fest. Hello, DC cinematic universe. Um, My name. Although I don't know if you have a lot of respect for your source material so. now that I think about it. They did really nail the fact that both Batman and Superman's mother's name was Martha. Ooh, deep cut. Jesus um, Christ. What a stupid <laughs> turn that was. I caught it on TV and I was just like, this went through a lot of people, I would imagine, to like green light all this and stamp their approval on things. 
And I just didn't, it just felt like there was a zany premise and a not so zany execution. And I don't mean that it has to like, everyone has to slip on banana peels, but like your premise is kind of silly and you're treating it not even like seriously. You're like, it didn't know what to do with its premise. Whereas Rookie of the Year was like, we are going to play with a lot of like teenage angst and like, oh, what if you were growing up and were suddenly on on a team with a bunch of like 30 something baseball players um, and having to travel with them. And one of them's fucking your mom and his name's Gary Busey. Ugh. And you're like, oh, I didn't even get like anyone else, anyone else on the team. Um, so this just I mean, it's almost like. Your verdict of your inner child is not an idiot almost pushed mine to the other side of the <laughs> fence because it was like, no, this is like a forgettable movie. Yeah, I guess be, I think, you know, coming at it as like the the titular inner child of like someone who like did like this growing up and was like into baseball and like thought that was fun that, hey, Randy Johnson is in mm-hmm. this movie. Like, I don't think you're going to come back and be like, what a pile of trash. Right. Like, I'm not I'm definitely not going to tell you like tell anybody that this is a good movie but mm-hmm. but like i don't think you'd come to it and be disappointed for re-watching it you might be like like i was this is a bit longer than i realized <laughs> i would say you would be kind of disappointed i don't yeah and especially with it being a twin movie i feel like you've got two other points you can go to with well this. and that's an interesting thing about this this sort of twin slash triplet triplet uh, movie thing is that this is definitely the like most forgotten one yeah. of the three. Like it was not as, I don't know about box office. We'll have to look at that, I guess. But like the, it's the one that had the least cultural impact, I think, except for maybe people in Minnesota. I was going to say like, if you want to, if you want some impact, don't pick the fucking pick the Minnesota twins as well, your team. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I think the idea was something akin to what they did with like um, major league where they like pick a team that's like kind of yeah. in the basement Although the I guess the twins won in ninety one, so I feel like they they one time they got pretty far. They were good, but then they were Im- like almost immediately bad again. Um, but you pick a team that's like, well, this will be because you can't like do that with the Yankees. Like that would be yeah. weird, you know. Like New York would murder this kid. <laughs> <laughs> totally, and they would definitely know where he was, and, and they would know who he was. He can't do it in Philadelphia. Have you ever hit a kid with a battery? They die. <laughs> well, what Aww. do you think, everybody? I said awe to the fictional kid Aww. who was hit with a battery. Call us. Leave us a message on our hotline six one five five seven six zero five two five, or email us your inner child is an idiot at gmail dot com. We do get all those emails, and we will eventually respond although we're very slow become a patron of the podcast patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot you can get uh exclusive episodes you can get drawings from damien you can get songs from me you can get your name right in the credits like jacob Grimm, jeremy powlin joshua nicholson karen curd larissa maestro dan mcintyre ghost in the burbs and jonathan day thank you guys very much uh, if you want to support um some excellent charities raises texas.org R-A-I-C-E-S-T-E-X-A-S.org. Um, they're helping uh, immigrants with uh, legal matters at the border. And thank you guys very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Baseball, yay. Yay, take me out to the ball game. Take me out the... Run around Sue. Hey, hey. Oh, yeah, we should have just sung Run Around Sue. Slut shaming. <laughs>